This is Jessica Martinez, and you're listening to The Pumping Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in for another episode. I'm really excited to share this one with you. You know, being a mom is probably one of the hardest jobs on the planet, especially giving birth and everything that happens afterward. And of course, with social media and everything else that happens in the world these days, there's a beautiful filter on everything. But this episode takes that filter away. This episode is entitled, The Shit That Nobody Tells You. I have a very dear friend and special guest, Ashley, on for you today. And she is going to give you the real deal. Everything about postpartum and beyond. We're going to touch a little bit on postpartum depression, but this is mainly all the crazy, icky, nasty shit that nobody tells you that happens after you give birth. (laughs) So if you get a little squeamish or you don't like some of those bad words that I mentioned, maybe not a good episode for you. Also, this one is maybe a little PG-13 to R-rated sometimes, so you might not want your kids to be in the room when you're listening. But I think it's really important to just talk about the real shit and take away that filter for a change. So please join me in welcoming my friend, Ashley. Hey, Ashley. Hi. I'm so excited that you said yes to hanging with me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. Um, Just so everybody knows, Ashley and I went to college together, and now we live in the same uh, little town of Queens. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay, I'm really excited because this episode is going to be all about, as you said, shit that nobody tells you. Yeah. (laughs) But like mainly postpartum shit. That's amazing. Can I curse? Can I say yeah? Shit? Of course, okay, you that's can. what I yeah. do. So. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. So we're gonna go ahead and dive into postpartum and beyond. So we'll touch a little bit on the postpartum depression, but also just the crazy shit that happens to your body and your life that nobody talks about. Great. Um, let's start out with what you know probably will be the most interesting, and that's sex. Oh, like sex after... Yeah. Sex after baby. Yeah. So it's... Sex after baby is pretty terrible. Okay, so let me uh, let your listeners know that I had a vaginal delivery um, without an episiotomy or anything. Um, I tore a little bit, so if that helps anyone be aware of where I'm coming from. What we're dealing with, yeah. Uh, So at least from my perspective, what... No one told you about sex afterwards. You imagine that it's going to hurt, but then you hear, you know, you go to your six-week checkup and you think everything's going to be okay and they clear you for having sex. And it's just terrible. It <laughs> it hurts so bad. Oh, God. It, I mean, you feel, you can kind of feel where you tore, but I don't think that is what people... I don't know. There's something that they should explain, and that is if you're breastfeeding and producing milk, there is a lack of estrogen in your body, and that's kind Mm. of what keeps you lubed up. And they go, oh, yeah, just use a lot of lube, but your body's not actually producing producing anything. Mm. And there's, I'm sorry, but there's a fucking difference. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people say, if you can, the World Health Organization tells you to breastfeed for a year. It's really hard to do that. And sometimes now, I think they're even suggesting two years now. Yeah, it goes, I actually 
the day that we're recording this is actually the start of breastfeeding week. Really? I don't know if you heard of this? Yeah. No, I did not know that. Yeah, it, this podcast will air afterward. Okay, but, cool. But yeah, it's um this today is the start of breastfeeding week, and I actually think it extends over to breastfeeding month. But I was just on their website last night, actually, and they do they recommend minimum six months if possible. Of course, everybody's experience is different. Some people can't even breastfeed at all, and that's right. fine and understandable. But um. Yeah, they recommend now six months to two years. Which is bonkers. Yeah, and I do know some people who have done it up to two years. Yeah, and I think that's great. And I might even do it myself because I don't... I know when I'm supposed to switch over to like cow's milk and stuff, I don't really drink that anyway. So I might just keep pumping for my baby. Um, But while you're producing breast milk and I'm not a scientist so you can yeah anyone can let me know if I'm if I'm <laughs> wrong you produce something called prolactin and that suppresses the amount of estrogen in your body and estrogen is what keeps your vagina lubed up yeah. and it also helps you have a menstrual cycle so I haven't menstruated since December 2017 that is just crazy yeah and I also- wait you have to tell me when you actually did sort of well, oh, sorry. Yeah. So I got it. <laughs> she told it, me this before. I got it once on Mother's Day, which is such so, so rude. Fucked up. <laughs> like, I was like, happy. It was my oh first my Mother's Day. I was like, you got, you got to be kidding, kidding me. Yes. And then I was super zen about it. I was like, this is great. I got my fertility back. This is wonderful because I actually had problems having James to begin with. So I was like, maybe this is a sign that like maybe I can have another child. No, just got it on fucking Mother's Day and that's and it. it. I still, yeah. Oh that's my it. god, I haven't had it since. So just that once and that's it. But anyway, um, yeah. So it does get better. I had a doula who, you know, kind of gave me the lowdown when I was like, what is going on with my body? And she said that it does start to get better around like eight, nine months. And that does seem to be when babies start to sleep a little bit more at night. Right. So So maybe your body's also getting a little bit more rest. It's able to kind of reproduce and heal a little bit better so that sex is a little more comfortable. And that prolactin level is starting to go down because you don't have to produce as much milk. Yes. So then everything else starts to go back to normal a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. Thanks for telling me that, no one. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So if you're going to dive back into it after a baby and after they tell you it's good, just be prepared. Yeah. It might not be as great as they they say. Yep. And just be ready and have a partner that's willing to work through it. So I was so excited to talk about this that I totally ignored your introduction. Oh. I want to go back in time a little bit. Okay. I totally forgot to just ask you, give us a little bit of information about life before James, what you kind of did, what life was like, and then you can transition into when you had James and and what that was like. Okay, so I originally was an actor. Uh, I toured forever and ever um, and then got tired of touring and switched to mainly audio and voiceover work. Um, I worked at the public theater as a stagehand and I helped build shows, sometimes on Broadway, off Broadway. Um, and then my main gig for a while was working in Shakespeare in the Park in Central Park, which I loved. I wish I had gotten to see that. That's so cool. It's amazing. If anyone gets the chance to see Shakespeare in the Park in Central Park, it's, it's it's glorious. I love it so much. I miss it. Um, and you have a pretty amazing voiceover reel, I do have to say. Oh, thanks. I love it. Thanks. I also feel like I haven't done that forever either, but yeah, voiceover is a lot of fun too. Mm -hmm. Um, 
so the last time I worked was a fellow, which I think was in 2018. It was the first show, I think July in 2018. But now you were pregnant at that point. Yeah, I hit my third trimester. And then I couldn't work after that because a lot of uh, setting up audio systems is lugging cable and Mm -hmm. putting speakers up and stuff. So uh, the public theater was super progressive and loved the fact that I was pregnant and allowed me to work with actors, mainly just like miking up people. And uh, that was, it was like a great way to finish. Mm. Um, And so now I'm kind of a stay at home mom, which I didn't think I would enjoy doing, but I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So your pregnancy with James, what was that like? For me, it was super easy. It was the leading up to the pregnancy that was hard. I had three miscarriages before I had him, so I might have just, you know, the nausea and stuff. I was probably like, this is great. Yeah, <laughs> so, you know, you were just finally happy to ha- be going have a through baby. the symptoms and exactly. have a baby. <laughs> exactly. So um, I think I just, the only symptom that I had that kind of stunk was the nausea. Um, mm. And for anyone who lives in New York City, you, you don't, can't go anywhere then. It yeah, feels, yeah, you're like you're on a subway car and you're like, just don't throw up, just don't throw up, just don't yeah. throw up. Um, so I ate a lot of carbs and gained a lot of weight, mm-hmm. but I worked and I survived yeah. and I got through it. Um, and then yeah. your physical birth with James, was that fairly easy? Yep, super easy. Um, the only thing was he was, I think, four days late. He was due the 17th, 17th, 19th, 20, Yes, he was due the 17th. And then on the 18th, I went in for just a normal routine ultrasound, and my fluid was low, which sometimes happens. Uh, so they gave me an induction, um, and I called my doula and my doctor, and I was like, "What? What do I do?" Mm. And my doula was like, "Get the fuck out the hospital." <laughs> so what they don't tell you is when you have an induction, not only is it a long process, but you also don't get to eat. And you have to just stay in the hospital yes. the whole time. Yeah. So there, my doula was like, get out, eat, rest, get your thoughts together, you know. And it's safe to eat. They just don't like you to eat for some reason. So the reason you don't eat is because in, just in case you have an emergency C-section, mm-hmm. um, there is always a small possibility that your anesthesia or your epidural won't work. Um and you're going to have to go under general anesthesia. So if they have to knock you out, sometimes you will vomit mm. while you're under, and then you'll aspirate. Yeah. So they just want your stomach to be completely empty. So in the scenario that that might happen, I guess you're it's, more likely to be safe. That doesn't. That very rarely happens. And honestly, right. if some people are induced for to like 37 hours yeah. you know I think I had a 27 hour labor oh my god and nobody wants a hangry 27 hour labor oh. mom <laughs> especially with an induction because it's yeah. not even your labor it's a pitocin labor which is totally different exactly. until you have an epidural so I ate because fuck that yeah <laughs> I was I, was, I couldn't sure. do it I wanted to be you know okay in my head I didn't eat much because I was actually more concerned about throwing up through contractions and I didn't want the nurses to get mad at me so <laughs> it was like just like a little piece of bread just yeah you know. but at least you had something exactly so you went home yeah we were 
Oh, well, actually, I didn't go home. I went to a diner around the corner. Oh, my God. And my goodness, husband and I sat down and had, like, a sandwich, some fries. And I was like, let me just eat everything. And then we were like, are you ready? Okay, we're ready. Let's go. And wow. it's just a long process. But this isn't postpartum. This is yeah. way before. But, yeah, if you but find love- out you're going to get induced, eat. Eat as much as you can yeah. because sometimes you can't sneak in the food. Yeah, well, that's so important to know. And that's why I kind of like to hear just – Leading up to everybody's story, you know, so some people I've talked to and we're focusing mainly on the physical pregnancy Mm -hmm. or some people the actual delivery. And we're going to talk with you more so about the post cool stuff. But I like to give everybody an idea of kind of what led you up to that whole thing and Mm kind of where you're coming from. So, all right. So now flipping back forward to the future, we checked off sex off the list Another thing we mentioned was body odor and how that just changes. And people don't tell you about this. Yeah, so you definitely smell different because of your hormones. And I didn't think anything of it until I found a group of girlfriends in the Astoria area. Am I allowed to say where I'm from? Yeah, sure, why not? So we both live in Astoria, Queens. Yeah. It actually would be helpful because if anyone lives in the area... What there was a Facebook group, right? Oh yeah, uh, Mommaly Astoria, and it's pretty much all of the local moms. That's and, so helpful. Yeah, if you don't live in Astoria, there's also another one called Mommaly Parenting, mm. and uh, the owner kind of broadened it to. I think it's international now. She's oh, doing neat. a really great job, but she started in Astoria. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, but it's great for. Just asking questions and getting honest answers and... And making sure that you're not weird. Like yep. everything, everything's <laughs> normal. <laughs> yeah, I actually didn't have the balls to post that on Mommelia Astoria. So when I found a group of friends whose babies were pretty much within a month of mine, I think we were all in the park walking one day and we we're like, yo, so you smell weird? I'm like, yes! <laughs> I smell so bizarre. Everything, like your armpits smell weird. Down there you smell weird. Everything is just different yeah everything just feels different you smell different you feel like you don't recognize your smell so you think you smell bad but you don't no one else can tell exactly but you you definitely can and then the other thing that one of the other things we mentioned was uh (laughs) the good old leakage slash just general like pelvic floor health and how that all changes yeah so after having a child I think whether you are you had a C-section or a natural delivery, you went through your pelvis and the muscles in that area went through a very traumatic change. Absolutely. Um, There are definitely pelvic health, pelvic floor specialists um, that I feel like everyone should be able to see. I think in France, it's something that you were given after. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. But I feel like everyone should get checked out. Yeah. I didn't, but a lot of people, you you, you kind of just pee. And sometimes, I still fart sometimes. <laughs> and I don't like, I'm like, I'm sorry, I couldn't, it came out. And I, yeah. I, I'm not apologizing. But exactly, you can't control it. Yeah, exactly. Do they tell you to do like the Kegel exercises and all of that? They do. They say yeah. do Kegels. And uh, there's also, uh, I would say a lot of, People who teach Pilates seem to know a lot about pelvic oh, yeah. floor health. They Absolutely. Have, they have these weird eggs that you can like put up there and yeah. hold and squeeze, which is kind of like a Kegel, but with a weight so you can actually tell if you're doing, doing it correctly. It right. I was told about the, I didn't do any of these things, but I think if I was still peeing myself at this point, 
I would probably get one of those vagina eggs. So <laughs> vagina eggs. I don't know what it's <laughs> probably yeah. something called. Sure, that. vagina egg. Um so how long did that go on for then? Um I would say things started getting better around six months for me, where I was like, oh wait, like I didn't go to the bathroom and then keep peeing when I got up. Um, yeah. I wouldn't say peeing, but like I Just definitely was like, I'm still wet. Yeah. I, some of my friends would pee when they were running. Some people were like, mm. I just did some jumping jacks or lunges and I like pee's coming out and yeah. I did not, you know, so it, it's a muscle. It's, there's ligaments, there's muscles. Right. It's, it has it's to just, gain that strength back. Yeah. It's a recovery period. And even now there's still things with like my core that I still can't do. There's right. very like simple yoga poses and things where I'm like oh that's different yeah well I remember we recently went to the gym together yes and we were working on a couple different exercises and you were like this feels so different than how it used to feel yep yeah because there's no core strength right um but yeah pelvic floor health is kind of the same thing so some of my friends who wanted to get right back into working out saw a pelvic floor specialist mm-hmm. and they gave them exercises kind of um, like pt for your pelvis <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. and i would even say that like if you think you're gonna have pregnancies close together or if something just doesn't feel right because the other thing is i i used to lift a lot of things too and sometimes you lift and you feel like you can feel things moving a little bit more mm. so I know some people said that like you should sometimes try a binding after like to keep your belly together. But the problem with that is you can have sometimes a bladder prolapse because everything's so loosey goosey down there that you can actually push organs out. So because I know sometimes people like your abdomen can kind of split too, right? Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. I forget. I forget. Diastasis recti or something. I'm totally pronouncing that wrong if anyone else knows what it is out there send me an email let me know i can send you i know i don't know how to pronounce it (laughs) we'll we'll find Um, it but Um, i also went to someone else who did pilates and checked for that too there's a way to check for that mm -hmm. where like you basically start doing a crunch and they can tell if your abdomen separated yeah wow yeah it's so there's another section that i want to go into as far as breastfeeding and all that goes we'll we'll touch on that but the last thing as far as just some weird things that we talked about were you said you mentioned psoriasis and this like thing with your left foot yeah so tell me what kind of those things and then were there others yeah so once i guess this is just a recent development for me um i after giving birth a few months later I developed psoriasis mainly on like the left side I went to the dermatologist and they were like so yeah you have psoriasis in your left armpit and on like the left side of my scalp and also my left foot grew half like half a size so weird that it would only be (laughs) on on one side side. yeah so I'm hoping if I have another baby maybe (laughs) it'll be on the right and and even out I'll still be able to wear my Jimmy (laughs) Choo's because right now nothing fits including my my wedding ring I'm can't wear my wedding ring right now oh my gosh yeah so it's crazy because you kind of mentioned to me that you didn't necessarily suffer from what would be called postpartum depression Mm -hmm. but all of these things that we've talked about that you have mentioned that you've experienced I imagine could very easily lead to a depression or at least like a a bummy feeling oh yeah so 
how did you get through all of that? I guess just the support of everybody? Yeah, I had a support system and I was, I'm going to say spoiled because I didn't have to go back to work at six weeks. Right. Um, my husband and I freelance, so I didn't have to go back to work in order to keep my job. That's huge. Yeah. yeah I saved money and I thought I would be going back now. But things are still okay. And I think we're still enjoying our time as a family. And yeah. Just not really going on fun vacations and, you know. Yeah, taking quality time together at home. Yeah, yeah. It's been really nice. And I've been very lucky. And I know it's not always going to be this way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that one day things will not be this nice yeah. and happy. So while they are this way, I just want to enjoy them. Exactly. So Well, and you funny. also had somewhat of an unconventional um, life before James came along with, you know, it's not like you were in a nine to five. So no. it's not like now it feels weird to not go back to that life. No, it doesn't. Know? Yeah. Because I could always take a break if I wanted to. Exactly. Or I could work, you know, a hundred hours a week for three or four weeks in a row right. and then take a month off if I wanted to. Exactly. So now let's talk a little bit about, because you were mentioning to me when you were talking to somebody who was pregnant at the time. And how they didn't talk about the changes that breastfeeding can do to your hormones and how that can then end up leading to some postpartum depression. So how did that experience happen for you? And are you now going through that a little bit? As James, he's, how old is he now? Um, He just turned 10 months. Okay. Um, So my baby's 10 months. And I would say, I think I said before, usually around six to eight months, it seems like they start to sleep a little bit more. So you're not breastfeeding as much and I was one of those people that before even trying to get pregnant I couldn't take birth control because it made me cuckoo like ever you never taken it or you tried I tried it and I tried three or four different kinds and every single time I not didn't oh my gosh I gained weight I had suicidal thoughts like it was yeah it was intense um and I'm sure other moms and women can relate to that. Yeah. It's super common. And it wasn't until I found a female gynecologist that was just like, you just can't take birth control. And that was the solution, just using condoms. It's, was- so, <laughs> it's so weird because I have to say, obviously I've never had kids, I've never been pregnant, but for me, I've been super lucky because I've been on birth control since I was 18 mm-hmm. and I've literally never had any side effects. That's I mean, great. I've never, my weight has never changed. I've never felt... You know, my periods have been somewhat normal, and actually, recently, it they've kind of disappeared. I mean, they're they're there a little bit, but I checked with my doctor because I said, you know, in the future, I want to make sure that I can have kids, and they said it's fine. I I got all I got an ultrasound done, I got blood work done, and they were like, all of your hormone levels are totally fine. Um, you must just have like a lower, um, what is it called, female hormones. What am I thinking of? Whatever, but the certain whatever hormone level that control that controls all of your period and all of that stuff must just be lower than normal. And I said, is that because of I've been on the birth control for so long? And they said, no, not necessarily. It could be, but it could be you know you're working out or whatever it is. Right. And I said, should I get off the birth control? And they said, no, you're probably fine. When you get off of it. It'll spike back up, mm-hmm. and then um, then you'll be fine. So I've been kind of lucky in that, in that area, but some yeah. people, they just can't take it. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I was one of them. Um, I would say after going through all of that, I was super aware of reading up on postpartum depression and stuff because I just assumed that mm-hmm. any hormonal change would make Affect me, you, especially ex- after yeah. experiencing that. Yeah, but uh, my doctor seems to think it was because of synthetic hormones, which I was like, oh, so maybe I just would never be able to do IVF because uh. I bet you that would make me kooky. But... Um, also thinking that I would probably be going through some serious postpartum depression. I was one of those people that did the whole like placenta encapsulation. You just, did. I did. Yeah. Just in case oh, I was wow. like, okay, just before I have to like take crazy meds and, you know, go on Zoloft and everything that I'll do, try that first. I'll try that and first. So that if I've heard of this, but for people that maybe don't know what that is, oh, can you so, just explain what it is? Yeah. So they take... You basically sign out your placenta at the end of a delivery and you're like, hi, <laughs> sign it out for delivery. <laughs> and I'm going to take that with me. And there are people that basically, I guess, freeze dry it and put it into a capsule. Because what happens is immediately after you deliver the placenta, all of the hormones that were flooding your body during the pregnancy have been removed with that Rush organ. out, wow. So that's like a huge drop. Mm-hmm. You no longer have those hormones anymore. Mm-hmm. So there is this theory, I'm going to say unfounded, though people do say that there is proof behind mm-hmm. it. I'm kind of iffy. Mm-hmm. Eh. But some people say that by encapsulating it and taking like one capsule a day, you are reintroducing some of those hormones so that you don't get that drop Mm. all of a sudden. So you decide like how quickly those hormones drop off. Though I have heard that one of the side effects to doing that is sometimes having issues with your milk production because the thing that triggers milk production is your placenta leaving your body. Yeah. So that was the other reason I decided not to to take them. So I had them. I was like, just in case, but I didn't didn't end up taking them. So... They're still in my fridge. <laughs> it's so, so weird. <laughs> but yeah, I still have them. But um, what we were going to get to was yeah. what I didn't realize after going through all of this postpartum stuff. Um, I did not have postpartum depression. Everything was actually really great. And the first time that I did feel any hint of postpartum depression was when my baby started sleeping through the night. And you weren't feeding as often. Yeah. So I guess what's happening is that prolactin estrogen level starts to shift because you don't need to make as much milk. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that high that you get that from being, you know, up all the time and having the newborn, your body starts to go back. And when all of a sudden it's you go from feeding every hour and a half to two hours to four to six hours... Right. For me, that was the big shift. Shift. Mm -hmm. That was like where I was like, I'm not okay. I am, I am in it. I am having difficulty. And that's when I started working out and stuff because Mm -hmm. I I recognized it after going through all the birth control problems. Well, and it's so hard too, because finally, it's like, finally you get what you've been wanting, which (laughs) is sleep and more time. And then it fucks up with your system. And then you're like, crap yeah you're like I'm so sad why am I so sad I'm sleeping exactly yeah no matter what you can't 
win. And no one told me that. Um, so when I started asking people whether or not that's common, everyone was like, oh yeah, mm. I decided to stop pumping at work. I supplemented with formula. Boom, postpartum depression. Wow. Um, I had not even heard of that until I started asking around. And people were like, I thought I was crazy. Mm-hmm. That happened to you too? Yes. Absolutely. When you reduce breastfeeding, there is a huge change in hormones. And if you are affected by hormones, that could potentially cause postpartum depression. Well, there you go. Shit that no one tells you. Yep. Now you've heard it here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in addition to that, too, one thing that you mentioned was the actual timing seems like a little bit of a lie, right? When you're breastfeeding during the day, because you were mentioning how... You think it's two hours, two and a half hours or whatever, but it's really like a half hour. I actually recently had a friend mention this to me too, which is just crazy. Yeah, they... No one breaks it down for you. (laughs) No, they don't. And it's the same thing with contractions. Like I got it with contractions, but I didn't realize it was the same with breastfeeding. Like they tell you... With contractions, when you say your contractions are two minutes apart, you start, you count from the beginning as soon as it starts. And then when it ends, you're going on to the next one. So... You know, if you have a one-minute contraction, you get one minute, and then you get to rest a minute, and then you start the next one. So it's not like you have it, it ends, you wait two minutes, and then... Yeah. Ah. You didn't know that? No. Yeah. So it's the same thing with breastfeeding, too. Uh, When you say your baby is eating every hour and a half to two hours, which happens a lot in the newborn phase, they are, number one, regulating your supply. So sometimes they're on the boob for an hour. Because they're cluster feeding and they right. that's how you build up your milk. Right. So let's say they're eating every two hours. They'll start. We go, you know, start the timer. You put them on the boob. You switch. You put them on the other boob. And let's say they're on your boob for a long time. And, you know, you had your hour and a half feed, which is super long. Usually after that, you burp. Then you change. Then you swaddle. And then you try to get a little rest. But if they're cluster feeding that hour feed and the burping and the changing and everything might hit that two hour mark and then there's no rest you are starting again they have they're on their two hour feed schedule you have taken up your two hours you have just swaddled your baby and guess what they are hungry again time to put them back on so I also didn't realize that because I was like two hours of sleep I can do two hours of sleep I'd be fine with that sometimes there is no sleep for a very long, long time. Yeah, if, yeah. And it's sometimes hours that they're like that. Um, I feel like cluster feeding is sometimes six to eight hours a day. And mm. I remember I took my baby on the toilet with me one time because I... I actually, I don't know which episode will, uh, will air first, but I have another friend who did the same thing. She actually said every time she... <laughs> you... Listeners, if you haven't heard this episode yet, it's coming. Or if you've heard it, you know what I'm talking about. I don't know when they're going to air. But she said that every time, for whatever reason, that she breastfed, she instantly got the need to poop. Oh, really? Like, like simultaneously. I mean, probably not every time, but oftentimes. it Like, when she had to poop, it was when she had to breastfeed. So she would literally take her baby into the like bathroom and sit on the toilet breastfeeding while she pooped every time that makes sense because it causes contract it causes your uterus to contract ah breastfeeding does yeah so which is why they say you're supposed to try to latch immediately because it helps uh push everything out and it helps heal um yeah it's it's one of those 
symbiotic relationships where it's supposed to help you heal. So that kind of makes sense because it's all kind of connected. So, I mean, it's definitely connected. Who are we getting? Well, that's crazy because then when, you know, when you hear people say like, well, why can't you get a workout in or why can't you, you know, get the dishes done or why it's because you're probably sitting on the couch with a baby on the bed. Yeah. I mean, and maybe you have 10 minutes to go get a drink or a bite of food and go to the bathroom. Sometimes not even. Yeah. And people also don't realize they're like, oh, why can't my friend come visit me? your schedule you you're like okay I'm going to take the baby to the pediatrician so I'm gonna leave as soon as I finish breastfeeding them so that's a 30 minute feed you change them you get them bundled up you put them in the stroller that's another 30 minutes you walk 15 to 30 minutes to the pediatrician here in Queens by the time you get there they're already screaming right they're ready to eat again yeah exactly so it's stressful and nothing's worse than a screaming newborn exactly (laughs) you know well going back to the contraction thing i feel like they should change the name two minutes apart it should be like every two minutes that's how they should that's how they should say it every two minutes yeah her contractions are two minutes apart not her contractions are yeah i'd like are they should say her contractions are Every two minutes, not her contractions are two minutes apart. Two minutes apart, apart. yeah, because they're not two minutes apart. Yeah, you're right in the wave. The beginning of the wave is every two minutes. Wow. And it's totally different when it's on Pitocin because sometimes, like, if you if you have an induction, God bless you, get the epidural. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I went without it for a long time, and then I was like, "Fuck this!" Yeah, (laughs) you need it. It was yeah, because it's if at least for me, I. Did have I know some people that can do it without, but man, a medicated contraction is no joke. Yeah, but yes, that's Crazy. that's how they work. So, a couple other things that I just wanted to bring up before we started this recording, we went through that Mamali website or Mamali Facebook. Yep, it it's is a Facebook. Mamali Facebook group, and you had said that you posted up there a couple things of does anyone experience this or that and there was one post that someone had put up and I just want to read for the listeners some of these crazy things and feel free to add anything in if you think of them um so if any of you out there are new moms or going to be moms you can expect this and you're normal that's the whole point of this podcast like moms you're normal (laughs) and everybody goes through the same thing so We already mentioned sex, body odor, leakage, and pelvic floor health, random changes in skin like psoriasis and like, what was it on your left foot? What was it? It just grew. Oh, it just grew. Great. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Just growing. Changes inside, like my fingers, my wedding ring doesn't fit. Yeah. Everything's different now. Um, Taste buds. So changing in food tastes or preferences, sweating, whether how much you sweat, how little you sweat. Um... Somebody mentioned having a metal allergy, which is crazy. They probably had to change their deodorant or something. And they couldn't wear earrings anymore. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, A penicillin allergy. So probably in addition to penicillin, maybe new allergies to new drugs and medications. Mm -hmm. Um, Lactose intolerant. You said somebody had been lactose intolerant and then went back to being okay with lactose. And so being back and forth, who knows? I bet that happens too with other food like gluten and, you know, things like that too. Um, Hair changes, whether your hair falls out, whether your hair, you mentioned about your hair changing texture. Yeah, I had coarse curly hair and now it's just like fluffy. 
So <laughs> My hairdresser was like, okay, we're going to have to change the way we style your hair now. Okay, so changes in hair or if your hair recedes, if your hairline recedes, if your arm hair grows differently. Probably same with your leg hair, I would imagine. Um, freckles, having more or less of them. Mm-hmm. I was told I definitely have like dark spots around my face uh, from melasma and I was told that that will change after breastfeeding too once I go through the other hormone shift once I'm not producing once you're done yeah so we'll see what happens with that um and then period changes of course whether you go what are you at now like two and a half years gosh so December 2017 yeah almost two years years. crazy so whether you don't have it or you have it more or less or it's spotty or whatever Holy moly, it's just crazy. Um, So if any of you out there have experienced any of these or even crazier ones, um, like I said in my first episode, I'm going to be doing check-in episodes every now and then. So if any of you have questions for Ashley as far as whether she's experienced any of these things or for any of my upcoming guests, um, write me in on an email, thepumpingpodcast at gmail.com, and I will get back to you with those questions. But just know that you're not alone. I would love to hear if anyone else has additional crazy things that have happened to them. I'm oh, sure yeah. there's got to be. Oh, yeah. there. The weirdest stuff happens postpartum. I want to know, too, because I love this. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. So if I get an email, I'll let you know, Thanks. Ashley. Um, holy moly. Well, it's just so important because this is the shit that nobody talks about. Yeah. And of course, we want to express that having a baby is fabulous, and we're very grateful that James is here. But um, it's just a really hard thing to do, being a mom. And I admire you and all of the moms that I've spoken with and all of you moms listening because it's just not an easy job. And at the end of the day, we also have to like suck up and dress pretty and look nice and be- feel presentable after having a baby. And sometimes it's just really hard to do when you have all of these crazy things happening and transforming on your body. Yeah, and sometimes you just go, fuck it, I'm not gonna look pretty for a while (laughs) exactly and you know to be honest I think that's great and I think that we need more of that because you know it's just not worth it it's such an amazing thing that our bodies are doing and that's we just it needs to be celebrated you shouldn't have to like put yourself together like that yeah I would say as long as you have a a community or some support then that's really so join Mamali if you're in Astoria, or if not, look on the Mamali Parenting. Parenting. Yeah. That'd be awesome. They've been great. Um, before we wrap up kind of on the other side of things, this is on the fly, so if okay. you need a second to think about it, that's okay. Um, when James is 18, we're diving into the future. What's something that right now you want to tell him when he's 18? Oh, okay. When you're 18... Um, Hopefully, I don't know what the college situation is going to be, but it always seems weird when you're trying to figure out what to do with yourself. Um, And I think something that I've learned is you just need to be happy. I hope you are happy. And I hope as a result of that, you make others happy. Because at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Yep. If you're not happy, switch it up. That's all. I hope you're happy and that rubs off on other people because then you're a great person to be around. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what college you went to or yep. what you majored in or what you did with your life even. Just be a happy, good person. Yep. 
because it always felt I felt like the end of the world like the college situation and then like career and and it's just it just doesn't work that way yeah I think if you're happy then things are great awesome Ashley, thanks so much for hanging out for and for me. filling me in. I am going to be ready for all of the shit to happen when my day comes. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you more. I'm, I'm still going through it. So Yeah, exactly. Well, we might have to do a follow-up episode yeah. once you actually stop breastfeeding. Right. Then it'll be probably a whole nother I know. swirl of yeah, hormone then, changes. Yeah, and he'll be talking, so. Yeah. That's Let's amazing. Talk about toddlers. <laughs> exactly. We'll have a catch-up. Thank you, Ashley, so much. Thanks. I don't know about you guys, but I just learned a whole lot of shit. (laughs) Some of the things I suppose I could have done without, but that's the important and amazing thing about those mamas. Gosh, I just gained so much more respect, and I always have had the utmost respect for mamas, but man, oh man, is that job a challenge. Thank you guys so much for listening to that episode and I want to do a little something that I think will be fun. If any of you mamas, well all of you mamas I know have dealt with shit like that and probably crazier, send me an email at thepumpingpodcast at gmail.com. I want to get the longest running list of shit that happens after pregnancy or during or whatever. I just want to know all of the shit. I need to be the most prepared for when this day comes, you guys. So just send me an email, even if it's a line of like, I peed my pants. I just want to (laughs) know what it is. Although I know that's not very abnormal. That's probably pretty typical. But anyway, send me an email. I want to know. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I was really excited to share it with you, and I have a little bit of a favor. If you've been enjoying the past three episodes, I would really love if you would go on and especially subscribe so that you don't miss an episode, and also rate and review. I would really appreciate that. It's super easy. If you're on iTunes, you just click on the little purple podcast button, click subscribe, and then scroll down and rate and review right there. I'm also on Spotify and Google Play, obviously, so you can share with any friends. And that brings me to my next point. If you have a mama that you know that you think would be entertained while she's pumping or breastfeeding, please give a share to them and let them know about the podcast because I want to reach as many moms as humanly possible. Also, last thing is I am in need of you mamas. Any of you mamas who have a story, I mean, you all have a story, but have a story specifically that you want to tell, I want to hear from you. So please send me an email at thepumpingpodcast at gmail.com. You can also message me on Instagram at thepumpingpodcast. I just, I want to interview anybody and everybody who wants to tell their story. And if you know anybody who you think would like to tell their story, let them know, pass this along. I am so excited to share your stories, and I'm just having a blast so far. Thank you guys so much for all of the support. You have been just amazing, and I can't wait to reach as many moms as possible and just lift you guys up because you deserve it. Thank you so much for listening, and you know what? Keep on pumping.